Hey everyone, and welcome back to Class 1A, a My Hero Academia podcast presented by Popped Off. As always, I am one of your homeroom teachers, Andrew Nimsgren, but you may know me as Advert, the big business hero. Alongside me are your other homeroom teachers, James Graham and Dylan Beal. I'm Dylan, doing good. Uh, this today, was a good episode, and it's that? um, it's it's going to be an episode I'm going to defend. I feel like I'm going to be here. I'm going to be fighting back against these other two boys on how this was actually a sick episode, but I'm ready for it. And then, James, we got more screen time for your boy, Kiyoshima. You feeling good about this episode, or how are you feeling? Just kind of very initial thoughts. Uh, I mean, like, it was a uh, it was a story. It was a story episode. It wasn't really so much an action episode, which I like to associate with Kiyoshima, but because, I mean, his personality, he's pretty, he's pretty dull. <laughs> well, we'll talk so much more about that, but I do just want to go through all of our little rigmarole at the top of every show. And again, no major announcements, just as always, make sure to check out our other content on poppedoff.com and follow us and all that kind of stuff. But I'll leave that to Dylan and yeah, James. But if you like the you show, the make rest. sure you tell your friends about it. Even if you just get one friend to, to listen to the show, it means the world to us. And make sure that you leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on because it helps out so much. Yeah, and if you guys have any uh, suggestions or uh, notes for us or anything like that, you can reach out to us on uh, Twitter at popped underscore off, or you can reach out to us via email at contact at poppedoff.com. But with that, let's jump into episode six of season four, an unpleasant talk. I will try to be unbiased on this one, but I definitely have a very strong stance on this episode, so I'll do my best to leave that out for the walkthrough. But we open the episode with Kirishima, Uraraka, Su, and Deku all leaving the dorms, finding out that they all have their work studies today. And they start heading out together, and they realize that there's not only a ton of heroes out, but they keep heading the same way. They get on the same train, they make the same turns, all that kind of stuff, until suddenly they get in front of a building where all three members of the big three are there as well. They all go in together and find out that there are just a ton of pro hero heroes, a lot that we've seen, including Azawa, um, Gran Torino, and so many more, plus a bunch we have never heard of and we don't really even get an introduction to. Um, the reason there is that Night Eye brought them all together to have a small conference regarding what Shihasuki is planning to do. Bubble Girl and Centipeter are giving the presentation that is catching everyone up to speed on the investigation that Night Eye's agency has been conducting. We kind of learned about this a little bit actually when we first learned about Bubble Girl and Night Eye. Night, uh, Bubble Girl is actually giving this presentation, so it's kind of cool seeing this finally come to um, fruition. Um, we learn about that the Shiozaki has pretty much been in contact with more and more people over time, trying to expand the organization and funds, and eventually meeting with the League of Villains. An altercation comes out of that. We saw all this happen. This is kind of a little bit of a recap of what happened there. Um, then we then kind of move into learning a little bit more about the drugs that have been going on. Um, about Kirishima's episode, we learn a little bit more about the drugs and how the drugs don't necessarily disable quirks, but they destroy them. So a little bit of an explanation about it, we get that in the episode is how Aizawa pretty much just neutralizes the, the genes. DNA or whatever. I can't remember the exact words, but... The genes, thank you. Neutralizes the quirk genes in a body, while the shot that is um that hit um oh my goodness, what's the big three name? Sun Eater. 
Yes, Sun Eater. Thank you very much. Yeah, Tanaka. I think is I think is his full name, but I just I, I can remember his hero name so much easier. I, I totally blanked on that. If I don't write down every <laughs> single name, I'm always gonna forget one. But the one that shot him didn't disable it like kind of Aizawa, which we thought it was, but it actually started destroying it. So when they went to the hospital, they found that his cork genes were destroyed a little bit, but they were able to heal over time. So there is a potential of these bullet shots, whatever we want to call them, to potentially completely destroy a quirk. Um, yeah, we learned that inside of these bullets are human blood and cells. They believe that Overhaul is using his quirk, which we finally learned a lot more about, to disassemble Eerie and make her into bullets to sell. That is absolutely disgusting, but we learned that his quirk Overhaul allows him to destroy and reassemble things instantaneously so when we see him blowing up things that's him destroying everything but clearly he can kind of do it the other way around and put things back together um kind of jumping forward a little bit into the episode we get a lot of chat back and forth on why the ua students are here kind of like are you kidding me like is this really what they're doing until we get back to um the conversation about mirio and deku actually running into eerie and that's how they learned about the bandages on her arm learned more about the actual daughter and Mirio and Deku are pretty much beating themselves up about not saving Eeries. Night Eye kind of takes the fault for that happening, but they don't seem to care, and they do make the vow to save Eerie no matter what. Um, the plan is, what Night Eye came up with, to have all of the heroes, there are a lot of main pro heroes, and then also local heroes for each area, to go and investigate hideouts, properties, anything of um, associated with um, Chihasaki all across Japan. And then report back. And then once we find out where Eerie is, the plan is going to go down to break in and save her and kind of disable, um, disable the entire operation. Um, Fat Gum, kind of being very different than how we first saw him last episode, wants to rush in. He's incredibly unhappy with them sitting around and just talking, wants to go in and save right now. Gran Torino kind of brings him back to Earth, saying that if we rush in, kind of something that we hear said to Deku a lot, that if we rush in, things could get worse than if we just take our time and do it the correct way. Um, Aizawa asked a little bit more about Sir Night Eye's quirk, and we learned for the first time that he can only use it once per day for one hour. Didn't quite clarify that, like, he can go in the far future and all that kind of stuff that we learned with All Might, but we do learn that that is an extreme limitation on his quirk and why he can't just touch every single person in the room and see what the next couple of days are going to look like. It's a very limited quirk, which kind of makes sense, because otherwise it seems incredibly overpowered. Um, after the meeting is kind of over, um, Mirio and Deku are pretty much depressed, sitting out in kind of a little lobby with all the other students and Big Three members. Um, and then Aizawa shows up, and he was saying how he was going to suspend all of the work studies, but he pretty much knows it's no use because Deku would run out and do something rash anyways. So he pretty much says, I know you're going to do this. We're going to do it the right way. I'll be watching you. And in a very kind of fatherly moment, like, I definitely loved Aizawa in this moment because it was a very down-to-earth moment for him that we don't see very often. Um, he kind of did that and just kind of boosted and cheered everyone up versus the other way of usually causing immense fear. Um, pretty much everyone gets hyped again. Mirio gets worked up. Kirishima yells that he'll follow Eraserhead for the rest of his life. Eraserhead replies back, that's too long. Um... And then we go to a shot of Gran Torino and Sir Night Eye talking a little bit, pretty much saying that Gran Torino sent Deku to try to fix a bond between Night Eye and All Might. Um, Gran Torino asks a little bit about what he thinks of Deku, and Night Eye replies, I see that madness within um, Deku that I also saw within All Might that I never understood. 
Um, and then lastly, we go to a short scene of seeing Eerie in her room with some creepy guy from the Shihakusaki uh, checking on her. Um, it's pretty much his turn to watch her, and if she gets away, he'll die. He bought her a bunch of toys, and now he wants to kind of be that friend with her. Um, he wants He's supposed to be the carrot instead of the stick. Um, Eerie starts crying towards the end of the episode because no one has ever touched her um, like the way Deku did. Don't take that out of context. Um, pretty much is kind of going on about how no one's ever touched her and, ha- and how her hands were so kind. Just kind of showing how mistreated she's been treated her entire life and how rare it was for someone to be actually worried about her. But that ends the very talkative episode, I guess is one way to push it. I said it was a recap episode. These two disagreed. Let's start back at the top of it. And again... Dylan, like you said, you on the, think you're going to be on the defense. I want to kind of hear your argument of why this wasn't just a 80% recap I mean, it wasn't really a recap episode because it's really bringing people together, and we're finding out new a lot of new information, and we're setting up what's going to be happening in these following couple episodes. If it was a recap episode, I could understand if, you know, Deku and Uraka were talking and they were just, like, exchanging information that happened before. But, I mean, this is really, like, a setup episode. So if you want to, like, you know, like, uh, push it down a little bit because it's a setup episode, sure. But, like, this for sure is not a recap episode. So we learn a lot of really cool information. So, one, Overhaul's uh, quirk is incredibly, like, gruesome when you think about him destroying people as disassembling them. That's horrifying. Oh, my God. Um, And then we learn about the whole (laughs) process of, like, how these bolts are really being made, what's really going into them, and what the result and outcome of them are. Like, the fact that they're destroying the gene that you know enables everyone's quirk is like super scary to say the least i know we speculated a little bit about this earlier because you know i don't want to i don't want to do my own horn or anything but uh i kind of brought up this was going to be a sick plot line that the the, that they were going to go away permanently but whatever uh yeah uh but no i i think it's uh i think it's really cool and we're also introduced to a ton of new pro heroes and even like I, i i don't know what they refer to them as like small heroes i guess yeah, local minor heroes. I think that's super uh, cool. Local minor heroes. Who are like, they're like more like regional based. Yeah, because that's than a concept like, we haven't really like been country shown based, before. I, I mean, we, we probably could speculate on it, but we haven't been explicitly said like, oh yeah, there's like local um, regional heroes. Because like, obviously not everyone can be a top 10 hero. And I think that was really cool. And that's really cool story building. And on top of that, on top of all of that, we get sick character moments from like Eraserhead. Um, between like him and Midoriya like that's super cool that's like something really cool to bring in there and on top of all of that the pinnacle of this is the visuals oh my goodness the visuals were amazing like whenever they 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 talked about overhaul and eerie they kept doing really amazing shots of them so one was like overhaul and it would have like these big wings spread out and obviously they're abstract you know imagery but like it's really cool to see like the wings spread out menacingly because you know he has the beak and stuff and then they were talking about Eerie more specifically, and they showed her within um, Overhaul's beak open very widely, and it's, like, tied together with, like, ropes and stuff. And the visuals for this are are amazing. Like, I, I want to go back and actually, like, screen grab some of them because they're, they're incredible. That's me defending this. Yeah, I feel like the... Uh... <laughs> I feel like that, especially that one, the one screen cap of, uh, you know, like, the, the like uh, it was, like, purple and like gold like the 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 contrast shot between eerie and and uh our boy was like pretty that one was pretty crazy like that one was really really well well presented um 
I like the fact that we had a bunch of minor heroes that Deku, Deku immediately knew the names of. Like he knew the names of all of them. Like like classic Deku. Like like uh like Mr. Brave and stuff like that. Who to defend Mr. Brave, he's got a sick costume. I was a big fan of that. <laughs> I wish you learned some of their quirks. Some of them looked really interesting. Or at least they looked, did, yeah. At least the guy that was sitting next to Dot Deku talking the entire time. I thought it was really weird that we never got any actual introduction to who he is. But I found that really weird that he was kind of a not a main point of the episode, but he talked more than most people in the entire episode. We still have no idea who he is or what he does. Is a is one thing that I just thought was weird that they've definitely just seemed to. I feel like they used to introduce so many more people. I even talked about this a little bit last week. They've definitely pulled back on that. And again, mm-hmm. it didn't take away from the episode. But when talking about the episode, um, not being able to say... Like, I wanted to call Moosey Overwatch because I saw I got the one glance of him last week. But I, I don't want to go through and call that because now I see him he's nothing like. But like that's the only thing I can reference him at. Well, you guys I think to it's fine. It. Like I, I we, we talked about this is. last week, so I don't want to harp on it too well, much. So- but I think that's awesome. It's really cool when you're when you're doing a story like this. So much is happening that you just have heroes everywhere at this point, and like they're not going to introduce all the heroes. So it's like, yeah, it's that one dude with like he has like a like a like a lock on his ear or whatever is like a earring. It's like what what could his ability be? Like it's it's I think it's really cool to speculate because like yeah they could go through and be like oh here's him he i don't know he locks people up or something it's like okay that's dumb but like it's cool to let us speculate throw a hero in there give him a really cool design because all of them have really interesting designs let us speculate on it. it 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 makes the world feel like still organic because like yeah there's there's just a ton of heroes we're not going to know what every single one of them does well the big th- the big reason they i think they brought him in was because like, he is more of the, the he's the main opposition to having the students there more than anything like he's and he's really the sole opposition as well right nobody else seems to have an issue with it like 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 especially because you know their their work term like heroes are there but he's a guy who like we don't know we don't know what we don't know what, what rank he is what class he is anything like that we have no information in regards to that but he seems to be really hard against the students um and he had more than just the one like lock on his ear. If you look, his shoulder has like a lock on it. His chest has a lock on it. Like it, it is, it is like driven down your throat that this guy like locks somebody up or something like that. The right? locksmith. I, know, I think his name's Lo- that. I think his name's Lock On. I think that was his name. Like I think it was I like, like it. it was like Lock On or something like that. And now I'm just getting like I, I'm getting like Gundam flashbacks, but I mean like yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Lock On. Um. <laughs> so I guess. What so Dylan? You mentioned all these new pieces of information. I, I don't really want to spend time going back and diving too deep into any kind of the recap parts it, of the. There episode. absolutely was. Give up on the argument that it was a recap episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was like portions of it knew. that they they essentially recapped to kind of get everyone else on the same page. Yeah, they could have done it off screen, but I think having it on screen is just fine, especially since they're setting up right. They're setting up all this information. Throw out what we know. Just throw it out what we know because. That's what would happen at this meeting. Yes. So we've already talked a little bit about Overhaul's new quirk. Is there anything else you want to talk on that? Otherwise, we can go into. Yeah, I just want to. I actually just want to talk about his quirk really quickly because I think this is a really cool example of a quirk that could have been a good quirk. Because like I could have totally seen one of the 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 main uh you know class uh classmates having an ability that's like oh i take things apart and put them back together which seems totally innocent if you think about it but it's one of those quirks that if you really think about it you're like oh i mean i guess that means you can just like explode people right 
and then they would never touch <laughs> upon it. So I think it's really cool that they have that kind of spin of like, yeah, like the powers would just be super evil like that. All powers don't inherently have to be evil. Like, um, uh, what's his name? Like the head of um, the head of the league. Yeah, because like his. Oh, head of yeah, like villains? his is clearly. Evil. Yeah, well, his is literally um, so called the K, it's, it's kind right? Of cool like, to I show mean, power that <laughs> seems super evil, but if you think about it, it's like, oh, it doesn't have to be. He's just an evil dude. Yeah, it, it goes back. It goes back to the whole, the whole, the whole Shinzi argument, right? Where you know, mind control isn't always a bad thing, right? Like he, like he wanted to use it for good. So yeah, it's it's nice that we kind of like you, we're kind of going in the opposite way, where it's like, yeah, this is this is a bad thing. <laughs> No, yeah, I, I agree. I loved finally getting the explanation. I tried not to look it up or learn anything more about it. I just always thought overhaul, like, they, they do, he does something to the cells and just blows them up is what I always thought. It's just been like it over, yeah, too much of the body is what I always took overhaul as. But kind of learning mm-hmm. the other side of it is, I think, really cool. Um, because, yeah, so otherwise we learn a little bit more about Sir Night Eye's talk. Um, the overall plan is another thing. Um, a teaser looks like it's going to be a pretty quick turnaround of the plan. Um, looking towards next week, we'll talk more about that coming up. But um, yeah, let's let's talk about the actual plan. That pretty much we're just doing stakeouts across the entire country, hoping nothing goes wrong, and trying to gather information. And then some minor some minor heroes are going to get picked off. Like I guarantee it, man. Like some of those some of those poor boys in that in that uh, that hall are definitely getting are getting going to get taken out for doing recon. And. I, I, I've, I understand the thing, thought process behind it, but, like, we already knew what city Eerie's in. Like, I, yeah, I understand I the think... argument, like, oh, they could have moved her, but yeah, I, I, I think... So I think I, think I actually kind of understand it a little bit. Um, the, the way that I rationalized it, you know, I you know take it with a grain of salt, and I think spend disbelief a little bit, but um, I thought they were approaching it more as in, they're trying to take down this entire organization. Sure, they might know where Erie is, and they might know where Overhaul, the leader of the organization, is. Um, but it seemed to me that they were trying to figure more out about the drug um, supply chain and disassemble everything that they had. So that would mean hitting up all their hideouts, even if they're not the main hideout where they know Overhaul is and they know where Erie is. Um, on top... That's not what I picked up that's not what i picked up on that like oh we're gonna gather information all these places come back together and then do it like why wouldn't you just split yeah. up gather information and do your own raid with like your own local area like it definitely picked it up like we're finding the one oh i, I mean if that is the, the case one. i could be all wrong together. then um and that could that could be it yeah or or i, I, wasn't, I maybe just yeah, double checking just to make sure that they know which one they're at Yeah, they because they have like two kind of conflicting like we had we had two, we have two things that are kind of going on in the case of this and like I mean I think for all all the overall heroes the main focus is clearly like the d- drug distribution and taking down the organization but for Deku and Mirio it's saving Eri because they botched that the first time around right so I think that's why we're kind of like it's not a hundred percent clear what the game plan is for everybody because we have these like two kind of story points that are both leading to like the same the same route right yeah no i totally agree uh i mean i'm just trying to think what else i mean again i i don't want to touch anything we know too much i mean we learned more about sir night eye 
um yeah let's let's dive into that i i think it's super i think it's super interesting and i love the more we learn about Sir Knight Eye, the more his quirk, while incredibly powerful, has so many limitations that we kind of all always understood why he was a sidekick to um, uh, All Might, why he does such a good job with the agency, because that works really well for him. But ultimately, there's so much limitation that if he's fighting a group of villains, he's definitely a one-on-one fighter, I guess we can say with what we learned about today. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, like, his, 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 his martial prowess is, like, I mean, it's obviously good, because you see him kind of go toe-to-toe with, uh, with Midoriya, right? But at the same time, like, yeah, like, I mean, this guy can get overwhelmed very, very easily, um, and definitely, and, like, I mean, especially when his quirk is only, like, a, like, basically a one-on-one basis, right? Like, he's kind of screwed. Um, I do like, I do like that they flush this out, because a, a reoccurring thing I've seen on, like, on Reddit and any social media is they're, like, trying to figure out, like, why doesn't Night Eye just do X because his quirk is so nuts, right? And I know, like, I mean, the manga's already established this, but, I mean, it took a while for the show to do it. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also glad Aizawa's the one to do it because Aizawa seems like a more, like, meticulous, like, th- more thought-out kind of fighter, like, or even just hero in general, right? That he just is like, I'm going to I'm gonna think this through, right? Or his also thought he's just kind of lazy, like, hey, I don't want to travel across <laughs> I don't, the country yeah, why and do would I, all this. Yeah. <laughs> just touch me and tell me what's going to happen in the next four days and save me the four days of time. I, I know that's probably not – it could have been how he meant it. We know how lazy he is and how much he just wants to sleep. So I think that's a little bit of his character there as well, but I think it's also just an excuse to, like, understand more about the quirk. So I, I, I appreciated that too. I love it. I was out too, just being kind of a hidden star of this episode and just kind of coming out of nowhere with the moment at the end getting some really good questions in there. I I really appreciated him for that. And But yeah, I think certain right eye indefinitely his hesitation to use it too much because he's afraid to see death because of All Might kind of goes and shows just how scarred he is from the whole thing and really how worried about that he still is and just on top of this entire thing and he knows what Overhaul can do. So I'm sure he's afraid that if he does actually touch everyone over the next couple of weeks that – several of them will die like you're saying that the small heroes probably will get picked off and then and you can't lie to them well you we even saw that with kind of I, like i, I can't I, we don't know his actual hero name so i want to call him like knockoff lucio like he actually like volunteers to be like dude touch me figure like figure it out and i don't care right so i mean that might speak to what actually his like his fate might be but like i mean you know you ha- at least we have like these these characters kind of being like i don't i know the consequences but let's just sort this out and figure it out right um, and yeah, I guess the other thing is too, like going back to Aizawa is like actually not a bad de- like father figure. And at the same time is, is like, you know, he's giving Midoriya shit, but he's not giving Midoriya shit at the same time. You know what I mean? Which is nice, right? Like, I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice touch to show that there's actually a relationship developed between the two of them because I mean, like, why wouldn't there be Midoriya has caused Aizawa so many goddamn headaches. Like, I mean, there, there has to be some sort of bond there, right? No, yeah, I, I I agree. I just look talking about this episode a little bit more. There are a lot of points that I actually really did enjoy. I was a little think more down on it, but I think if I went back and watched another time or two, well, because one, I always I've gotten the habit of just staying up till one thirty in the morning my time and watching the first time then, <laughs> and then waking up in the morning. So I'm tired both times I watch it. But kind of looking back on it, there's some really good points. I definitely think we could have cut back on a lot of the information and given us a little bit more or maybe showed the beginning of the investigation or something like that. I think would have really made this a really good setup episode. And then next week we jump right into it. 
because I'm sure what's going to happen next week is we'll get 10 minutes of investigations and then we'll start preparing for the plan. I wish we cut out all the unnecessary information that we already knew this episode and got to that this week. So the next week we have the 10 minutes to set up and then the then 10 minutes of like the beginning of the whole invasion and something goes wrong and leaves that cliffhanger for the next week. Because now everything's kind of pushed back half an episode. So we'll probably end next episode right as they're about to break in and stuff kind of like that. So I think that's where I'm unhappy because we could have gotten a little bit more this episode that would have set up an even cooler one for next week. But now next week's probably going to be another setup episode for an even bigger thing versus actually getting into the action. I think is my only problem with this that we could have had more information that we All didn't say already is, know and learn. You zoomers need to have weeks. patience. Let it burn slow. Let it let it let it let it sit with you a little bit. It's going to be good. <laughs> no, but the last thing I but no, it's not about burning slow, it's about the fact that if we have so many setup episodes it's going to first build up it could overhype the actual battle or it can mean the whole battle is going to be super short because we spent so much goddamn time setting it up i mean usually arcs are 12 13 episodes we're we're in episode six episode seven is another setup episode i mean you gotta assume there's gonna be another episode in there so probably for a conversation a big conversation and stuff like that i mean that leaves four episodes for the conclusion of this arc left i mean that's not that's a lot but it's also not a lot. We've already been through all that. I mean, I just want as much time in the really cool stuff. I mean, I understand the setup. <laughs> I love setup, but I also don't want all the setup to feel well, rushed. I mean, do, I mean, do we know that? I mean, it doesn't have to be over. I think like when when like the the thirteen episodes are done. Like, I mean, there could be a little bit more. Hey, you no, don't know. It doesn't have to be. But every you don't single know. time, there also hasn't been. It's always been twelve to fourteen before. episodes. And we just got, we got two of those, like, I mean, like, or like three, right? So, uh, yeah, I think we, I think it's definitely possible to have more the, you know. And, like, I mean, the other thing is, too, is that, like, my hero historically has never been one to be like, oh, we're just going to make this fight real quick. You know what I mean? Like, we're, like, it's it, it's never that way, right? Like, I mean, our I mean, All Might All, all Night all, Battles, one episode. The All Might All for one? Yeah, I know, but it was the entire episode, and it was nuts. It I was agree. nuts. I just don't want anything to be rushed. But whose corpse do you think is getting destroyed? Now that we Ooh, know someone, now I, that we know, I we really can, don't know. We um, well, I, I brought destroyed. this up. Uh, I think very early, or maybe not someone we love, but a main. Yeah, I brought this up a little bit earlier that main, like a a, the, the person that they're going to destroy is Quirk is going to be someone that like they want to kind of you know push off to the side so they don't have to deal with them or, like deal with them anymore. But I don't know, like, looking at the group of people there, I don't know any well-known people that they're going to take the quirk away from. Because, I, I don't know. I, I, think see, I think I could see Gran I'm, Torino. Maybe a boat's being shot at Deku and he jumped in front of it and takes it or something like that. And that ends up strong. I, I mean, I could see someone like that. Someone saving one of the major characters. Maybe one of the pro heroes protecting their agencies. Like, it's not going to be the big I, three. I agree it's with you. It's not going to be student. I agree with I that. I agree with you. I think... I, and Grand Torino is like Zawa. the only one I could what? see out of that group that would be like, oh, that totally makes sense. Like, I, I could see his getting taken away. Because, no, because I think I, I, not I think it's going to be uh, it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, but I wouldn't care about. I think it's going to be fact. Too. I can see that too. Yeah, I think 
No, well, you know, like I know, but we're supposed to we're supposed to try and care about him because again, he's like Kirishima's mentor and everything like that. But his his personality lines up with the the high probability that he's probably gonna he's gonna wear it. Um, I think Gran Torino's too old and grizzled to, to give a shit oh, about the youngins. To, like no, he, like he you know, about Daku. he literally says, "I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think he, I don't think he, you this. I don't know, man. I don't think Gran Torino is instant. the kind of guy where in he an would instant. jump in front of him for oh, him. I don't. That, that's I don't think so. Who he, it is I don't his know, boys. Protégé's protégé, like, and and like, I, like I mean, your, this happened like again in this episode, but we see that Grand Torino <laughs> is also like kind of smart, and then like does plan these things out, and because like uh, earlier on in the season, um, Deku calls him up and he's like, "What? Who is this? Do I know you?" And like, but obviously, like he he knows who he is, and he's just kind of pushing <laughs> him over to Night Eye. So like, I think he really does care about Deku, and I totally agree with you, Andrew. I think. I think he's the only person because, like, I don't see Fatcom, his um, quirk being taken away. Because, yeah, Sir Night Eye is moving into that position of kind of being that mentor that's not All Might. Like, we don't need Deku to have eight mentors at one time. Like, he has All Might here and there, he has Aizawa, and now he's going to have Sir Night Eye because Sir Night Eye is clearly starting to grow. I'm Deku's growing on Sir Night Eye. So I, I I believe that I think that's a good option. I I, I don't think I want it to happen, but I believe. Yeah, and so I don't um, think it's going to be Fakum. And this is like more of like a logistical issue. So um, there's actually a couple panels from the manga. He is giant. Like 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 they they scale him down a little bit in the show. I think just to make everything fine. But like there's a scene of like him and Kirishima walking, and he's like two at least two or three kirishima's tall and he's wide yeah he's like actually like giant so 12, almost. um and so i think logistically because yeah i guess you could take away his like ability but like also he's just big and so like it, it's hard to represent that it's gone permanently because like part of his quirk is being big i would love to see someone like that have their quirk lost though because we wonder the same thing like what if um she would just become visible? Invisigirl. She would just become shot. visible again. Like, I think that what one's would kind happen of obvious. To her court? But like his whole body. Yes. But do we know that for sure? Because like Aizawa's quirk doesn't work on people like her. Like it doesn't work on um Ojiro. Like there are people that his quirk can't stop. So like like the like the cat person. Like he can't stop that quirk. There are quirks he can't stop, and this is different. So we don't know how this bullet can interact. Because we don't we've only seen genes disabled, never destroyed. And destroying a part of your DNA is something that could have a serious effect on your body. So I don't think it's gonna happen to Fatcom either. But I think it'd be so cool and answer a question of like what happens to these people if a literal physical yeah i think that is good like especially like thinking about the cat people like what if like one of the cat people were shot like does that mean they just die or like what what is the implication yeah like you can't just become human right like Like, i think that's a good question i would i would love to know the answer to it yeah yeah. that's kind of that's the kind of one thing i'd like I wouldn't mind seeing Fatcom. Obviously, I don't want anyone to get chopped, but I think it's going to happen. The trope of saving the main character by pushing him out of the way is so common, and how much Fatcom loves Kirishima and Ajaki. Um, I think it's probably going to happen eventually. But I think unless we have anything else to move on to, let's move into this week's Plus Ultra Award, unless you guys have anything else.
All right, then this week's Plus Ultra recipient will be... I'm going to lead off again this week, unless either one of you have a very strong one, but I'm happy with my answer, and I am giving Aizawa. I think Jay, I think Dylan knew this was coming. He wasn't a mage character, but there are so many characters that each had their small segment, but kind of coming back and definitely cheering up uh, Mirio and Deku at the end, having that fiery love, still having his sarcastic quips in there and being very on character, while giving us more information into Sir Night Eye while being very on character with just not wanting to do the work. I think all around he did a great job of showing who he was um, just normally as a character, but definitely went beyond at the end because he's never really, he cares about his students. I've never questioned that, but he's never gone out of the ways like he has that way in a friendly way to kind of boost them up and give them energy. It's always more in kind of a lecture and like an informative way. This way he's like, I care about you. I don't want you to get hurt. Let's do this together and let's do it the right way. I think that definitely shows involvement of his character since we first met him. And I love that. Yeah, he's definitely more uh, more emotional support this time around, which we do like again. It's just not not really characteristic out of him. Like, I mean, it's not really a a big thing he usually does. He's more of a uh, I'm gonna scold you, but still kind of praise you at the same time. Not like actually. Yeah, like so a I, I guess for mine, right? I'll just double down on that too. Aizawa, easy Aizawa for this, just because like um I think the moment that really did it for me is when they had like the the mm-hmm. orange backdrop, which like you know sunset is always when the emotional stuff happens. Um, but he comes up to Deku and, like, kneels down, and he, like, takes his fist and kind of, like, bumps it against his chest, and he calls him his, like, problem student. Like, oh, my man, that, that got me. I love that so much, especially because Aizawa also doesn't touch people. <laughs> like, he, he he always has his hands in his pocket. He's very not no, a touchy-feely well, person. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the fact that, like, he was, like, he physically, like, uh, like he, like, physically, like, you know, um, showed uh, Deku that, like, you know, like, he's his, he's his little boy. Um, I really like that, and that was really cool. And especially seeing that growth from when like Deku first came, um, you know, in, into his class, and he like hated him. He was like, "You're an idiot. You destroy your body." I, I basically he's like, "I hate you. I'm gonna fail you out." Um, but to see that turn around <laughs> and him really like start to care about him a lot as a student, easy, easy pick for this episode. Yeah. Like I mean, I don't think I don't think there's really any debate for anybody else, really. I think, I don't know. Um, I think you could make an argument for Sir Night Eye of planning the whole thing, coming up with the plan, the research. I mean, you could make an argument for him as there. Um, maybe Fat Gum a little bit of um being surprised. I mean, not really. I don't feel like there's anyone. It's another one of those episodes where no one stood out majorly. Like I think even Aizawa would lose in like other weeks, like compared to some of the other ones we give, like Hiroshima last week. Aizawa doesn't yeah. even stand near that. But I think in this episode, how it was, um, he went beyond in how he reacted to the situation, which we often see him being very one-tone and kind of changing that up um, is why I think all three of us agree he went beyond this week. Yeah. All right. Then with that, the last thing before we do wrap up this week's episode is going to be the preview for next week, episode seven, titled Go! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. All of the pro heroes are investigating across the country of Japan while the work studies are standing by waiting for the day to come with Deku having so much tension. And we do finally get to see Ida again, who we have literally had three lines from this season. Um, The day is finally going to become towards the end of the episode. We see Lemillion and Deku gearing up to get ready to go. Clearly all the information has been gathered and it is time to save Eerie. So it was a very, I wouldn't say short, 
but there was a lot more talking than actual like points to talk about. The whole thing was like, hey, information's been gathered. All the pro heroes did their job. It's time to go. It's pretty much all we learned about next week. And I think that's a good thing to kind of leave it vague. But I still think, like I was saying earlier, that it's still going to lead off before we actually get going. It's going to be five, ten minutes of that information of getting dressed. And then the episode's going to end with them standing outside of the base or right inside <laughs> the door. I don't know. I think, I think you got to have a bit more action than that with an episode titled Go. Like, I, like, I feel like you kind of need something there. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be because like the preview definitely didn't allude to anything. But uh, I don't know, man. I feel like you just can't get away with that, you know. So, I mean, it's I'm, my hero academia. I think it was away with whatever the hell they want yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, they true enough. I, I've been you loving the season so far. Food. So, I mean, even if it's more of the same, it's more action. Regardless, it's going to be good. Yeah, I again, I, I don't think it's going to be a bad episode. I'm not complaining about next week. I just want to get to the action. I want to get good because that's where the show really shines and battles like the All for One versus um, All Might fight is where I want one of those coming up against Overhaul. So I just want to get to that because that's going to be such a hype moment this season. But yeah, I guess we'll have to see next week and hopefully it'll be as good as we all want it to be. But is there any last things we talk about before we are good to wrap up? If not... Thank you all so much for attending this week's session of Class 1A. Next week, we'll be going over Episode 7 and continuing to goon about whatever we feel like with the show. Yeah, and uh, like as mentioned at the beginning of the episode, please let your friends know about the Class 1A podcast and uh, hit us with that five-star review and make sure on uh, whatever podcasting platform that you And twitter.com slash popped underscore off for all your updates on this podcast and all the other stuff we do. Go check us out. But with that, that'll be all for this week's class. We hope to see you back in class next Saturday.